You're listening to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of toyphotographers.com. My name is James Garcia, and each week I talk to photographers from around the world who are turning Lego, action figures, miniatures, custom creations, and more into amazing works of art. For this week's show, I talked to Robert Whitehead, a South African photographer you probably know by his Instagram handle, Shundee's Official. Robert started out as a filmmaker and found toy photography about five years ago. Since then, he's actually made toy photography his full-time job, photographing toy lines like Minecraft, Roblox, Peppa Pig, and Fortnite. Robert and I have been trying to record an interview since spring of last year, and I'm so glad that we finally found the time. It was a great conversation that I know you're really going to enjoy, so without any further ado, on with the show. First, I just want to say thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, I know we've been trying to get you on since like spring of last year, so I'm glad that our, our schedule's finally worked out. Uh, Happy New Year, and I just want to ask, are you uh, having a good New Year so far, and have you been working on anything? Yes, uh, Happy New Year to you too. Yeah, it's been really busy uh, so far. Um, it's, yeah, it's quite crazy that we've actually finally managed to nail this thing down and, and, and just put time aside because yeah, my life's always in the feel like I'm always in a state of chaos with managing work and life and kids and all the rest of it so yeah, I'm really happy to actually finally sit down and meet you finally and and, and get this going yeah yeah absolutely before we get started talking about your your toy photography you're actually a filmmaker too is is that your actual day job or, or what do you do for for work yes yeah, so I've actually been um, in the film industry for for over 10 years now I actually studied fine art and my dream back then was always you know to be an artist and to sell my art but then you know life gets in the way <laughs> and I actually um how do I put this? Uh, I got my girlfriend pregnant <laughs> and moved, moved to another city, moved to Cape Town. Um, and just because of all that pressure, I just um, had to uh, yeah, find a job and just knuckle down and, and, and get things done. Um, so I got a job as a, an in-house editor for a film company. Hmm. And um, I was just really hungry at that time. I needed to grow my skills really quickly. So I just pushed really hard back then. And, and after like three years of just editing, I then got into directing and I directed a, a handful of shows, uh, reality TV shows. And probably the most well-known ones of that was uh, Charlie's Cake Angels and Ultimate Brymaster. Uh, those shows both like went global uh, on the on the Food Network and Travel Channel. Hmm. Then about two years ago, I left that company and teamed up with a colleague of mine, and we started our own production company, and, and that's been going really well. Yeah, I've been seeing some of the stuff you've been posting just on social media about that, like your film uh, Optimist came out last year and sh was shown at places like the Cape Town International Film Market and Festival and the Wavescape Film Festival. Uh, congratulations, that's really exciting. Yeah, that, that was really cool. Um, it was a real labor of love. It was actually, yeah, the film's about uh, a friend of mine, Greg Burtish. Yeah, he, he actually contracted a rare uh, bacterial, tropical bacteria that attacked the heart valves in his heart. And um, he had to undergo two open heart surgery operations. And the documentary really follows his expedition. He, he jumped in a tiny little sailing boat called an Optimus, and he wanted to sail from uh, across False Bay, the Cape of Storms, and go 200 kilometers up the west coast of, of southern Africa. Hmm. And the 200 kilometers was to signify like the 200 days that he spent in hospital, like fighting this bacteria. And so the, the film is about 
that journey on the little sailing boat, but the whole thing's a metaphor for black children, that if a little boat can make this big journey, they can overcome their difficult lives or their, their difficult situations, with whether it's illness or whatever it is. Hmm. So the story, yeah, it's basically two stories side by side that unfold as he's doing this little journey. You know, the film's been really well received, and Greg uses the film to raise funds for sick and needy kids and, and help people fight illness through you know, like optimism and positive thoughts. So it's, wow, it's a really that's amazing. Cool yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm glad it's doing really well then for, you know, not only for you to like have your film do well, but but a film with that message and that power behind it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really special. So let's rewind. How did you first get into photography? I noticed on your Instagram that you and I kind of started Lego and toy photography around the same time in October 2013, which I think is funny. So, so how did you, you know, you were doing film already at that point. How did you then start photographing Legos and, and toys? I think I needed um, like a, a creative outlet at that time because mm. it was also just so swamped with work and with, you know, raising small kid and everything at that time. And, you know, actually I got into photography when I was at art school. I studied fine art. Uh, and in my third year, I majored in photography and painting. And yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the technical side of photography back then, like in the dark room, you know, waiting for the image to appear on the photographic paper and all that stuff. But I think with the toy photography, you know, yeah, like I said, I really needed a creative outlet. And one day, my wife had a book called Crazy Art. And there was a picture of a little Lego stormtrooper lying in a bed of red confetti. You know, it was one of Mark Stimson's images. Mm -hmm. That When I saw that picture, it just, I don't know, struck a chord in me. And I just thought, yeah, it was just immediately recognizable and just so fun with a little Lego stormtrooper. And, and I know that like the little stormtrooper has got so much of his own character and personality. Mm -hmm. And something about that just made me go like, geez, I really want to try something like that. And then I started looking online and found that there was a whole world of like toy photographers out there and found, you know, like Ava Nort and all these guys mm -hmm. doing cool stuff. And I then that's pretty much what sparked it. And I just yeah, I started from there. That's right. That's exactly how it happened for me. Um, seeing Mike Stimson's Stormtrooper work and then, like you said, just then diving onto Flickr and Instagram and looking and finding Vessa and, and Shelly and all these other people. Uh, and there's the whole world of toy photography and then thinking, oh, maybe I could do this for myself. You know, yeah, yeah. when you finally decided to do that, like what was your first shot? Like what was what was it like, like trying it for the first time? Do you, do you remember? Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was like a little, little Lego Stormtrooper on uh, on a bit of moss. With, I think it was like Han Solo and Chewbacca hiding in the background, all like really <laughs> out of focus, couldn't really see them. And that I think that just pushed me to, you know, grow my skills as a photographer and, and just get better and better. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it was bad in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel, yeah, I look at some of my older shots, I'm like, oh, God, what was I thinking? But, you know, I guess that comes with the whole artistic process, you know. How do you feel like your your history as a filmmaker has impacted your photography? Did that help you when you were first getting started? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, filmmaking taught me storytelling. And I'm, you know, I fully believe in, in a picture tells a thousand words. And I've always said that, you know, you know, story in a film is the most important thing. You know, if, if the story is good, if it grabs you, you'll you'll watch the whole thing to the end. Even if it's like, you know, shot badly, <laughs> you still want to watch it. So I've, I've always sort of taken that advice and that experience, you know, into my photography. And I've always just, it's always been about what is the message behind the <laughs> pictures. And then also just, you know, being, 
being on the road, being part of like a film crew, you know, I had all these camera guys with me on the road. So I, I learned a lot of like technical side of photography, photography through them, you know, and I also always traveled with a little pocket full of Lego guys and any opportunity I got, I'd always be like lying on the road and taking a photo of a, of a stormtrooper on a bicycle or something. And it became a bit of like a, a joke with the other guys. Oh, here comes Rob, you know, the Lego guy. <laughs> I was going to ask, what, yeah. What have you in your pocket today kind of thing? Well, cool. It's clearly, you know, you've stuck with it all this time and your skills have definitely improved. I love your photography. You. I read that you started out loving Lego and He-Man as a kid. So you were into Lego that whole time. Did you, were you one of those people that like gave up Lego for a little while and came back to it later in life? Or what was your relationship with Lego? I think, I think Lego is just, it's just the best toy um, it never gets old. It's one of it's one of the few toys that always gets like passed down from generation to generation. My, mm -hmm. I, no, I just I always had this like box of Lego that I just couldn't let go of. And also, just as a kid, it was one of those toys that you could kind of make your own toys from it. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a lot of like TV shows and movies that I'd watched growing up, and there weren't any toys available of those movies or cartoons. Um, and my brother and I would always make the spaceships and the vehicles out of Lego. And so that, I think that was one of my big loves of Lego that you could just, you know, build whatever you could think about anything you could imagine. And then He-Man for me was more about collecting. Um, I just loved all the different characters and the colors that, you know, like those like solid colors of the, of the toys. Um, so yeah, that probably got me into collecting and I just love also just creating like really big battle scenes in my garden and stuff with He-Man. <laughs> I don't know, just probably the cartoon and everything. I was just hooked as a kid. I, I loved <laughs> by the Power of Grace Girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He-Man, I think was a little bit before my time, but I definitely noticed a, a pattern there where, where there are a lot of people who really liked Lego who were also into He-Man. And, and I've never really realized the, the color scheme is kind of similar you know just the bright poppy colors and stuff um so, so that, yeah. that totally makes sense to me yeah so i've still got my whole he-man collection i've got like every <laughs> single one <laughs> that's and awesome Castle Grey, up there behind me oh yeah totally <laughs> do you ever photograph those or is, is it just the collecting thing it's, for you it's one of those it's one of those things that's just been on my list um mm. to photograph and i've never gotten around to doing it I've, i just want to do a whole portrait series of all the of, mm. all my and toys just i was even going to start a separate instagram account of just he-man portraits but i've just i have all these ideas i never have the time for it i have a i have a list on my phone that when an idea pops in my head and i, I like type it down on my notes yep and i you can scroll through that thing forever there's so <laughs> many ideas i just haven't got around to doing so i have one of those too and i find that Sometimes I'll read an old note and be like, what did I mean by this? <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just some, some of them are full-fledged ideas and some of them are just words. You know, it's like, what? I don't know. So Yeah, yeah I get my best ideas when I'm like lying in bed. Right. Uh, <laughs> you kind of between, yeah, uh, asleep and awake and something pops in your head and I'll quickly grab my phone and just write something down. Yeah, you read it later and it's like, I'm not quite <laughs> sure what that was. Lego was is at least your your main subject for photography. Is that just because of your your history with Lego and, and how much you love what you can do with the toy, or what is it about Lego specifically that kind of made it your your focus? So I think um, the thing that that made it my focus now was you know seeing those Mark Stimson and and Avonort and all those kind of images and just seeing 
how much power that like little minifigure has, just how much memories it brings back, especially like the Spaceman Lego for me. I mean, I played with those, love, and and the fact that you know Benny's out there now, and you've got the new set with all the other like old vintage '80s space cars. I don't know, it's, it's something about the minifigure that I just love. How you can swap their faces and their hair, and you can like customize them, and you, and how much emotion those little minifigures can carry. I think that's what got me back into being able to, and the fact that they are like the bright colors, the plastic, and just how cool a minifigure stormtrooper looks in nature. Like trying to make a, a minifigure come alive in a picture was always my goal. It was always like, how can I make it look like it's really there, really running or jumping or something exploding? Mm-hmm. That's what, what what really got me hooked into it. When you started, you were shooting on an iPhone and now you use a DSLR. Um, was the iPhone... Was that just because you were on the road and traveling? Was that just the most convenient thing for you? Or, or how did you kind of transition from, from one to the other? Yeah, exactly. In the beginning, it was just a convenient thing. I just always, you know, the, I had the iPhone and I'd be on the road and uh, it would just be like an opportunity, you know, find a cool spot with moss or rock or, or whatever it was. And the iPhone just, you know, worked like that. And then you get to a point where you just want to be better, where you just, you know, the iPhone's it's restricted up to a certain point and you want to get closer, you want to get more shallow depth of field, you want to do all this stuff. So uh, it was just a, a drive to, to take better pictures really that, that you know, pushes you into the DSLR world. Um, but I mean, going back to once I actually started my Instagram account, you know, that really opened up the floodgates to this whole world of of uh, toy photography and toy photographers and that's where i met like brett wilson and and shelly and, and father figures such a bananas you know a wee man with his wiener dipping craze and <laughs> power pig with his you know crazy builds and then there was also uh, keith yip castle in the pool he was also one of my favorites right in the beginning he was so good at like posing minifigures mm-hmm. and getting like angles so all those guys really had a huge impact on me you know and so many other guys they all had this like their own styles and they wanted their like sig figs and i was just like my mind was like blown i was like wow and and you know not just by the creativity and finding all these like people that have a common you know creative outlet it was just how cool and warm the community was everyone was like so super supportive like you'd take a picture and post it then you'd get all these like comments of just and and advice and and I was also blown away by how you know helpful and happy to share ideas everyone was on Instagram and like mm-hmm. showing behind the scenes and I mean I remember like asking like Keith how did he pose that guy you know that little minifigure in that way and then he'd send you send me like pictures of <laughs> oh, this is how I do it and then I'd try it and and I was like, finally, you know, like, and that's also like how my skills grew was just asking questions on Instagram and, and stealing ideas or, you know, doing all that stuff. And it's just, it just grew and grew from there, really. Yeah, yeah, that sounds just like my story, too, just looking at other people's work and trying to, to see, okay, how can I emulate that? Or how can I, like you said, steal that idea or try it out for myself and asking questions. And that's something I love about our community and something that's only grown, I think, as the community has grown, people have become even more welcoming and and accepting and, and all of that. So I think I think it's great that you found that so early on when you were getting started. I'm sure that really helped, helped you with your confidence as a photographer and then just building on the ideas that you wanted to do. Yeah, it just really helped to, to 
push yourself to be better and better. Really, mm-hmm. it's, it was, uh, you know, I think if if people were discouraging and like too secretive, you'd just be like, oh, maybe you know, maybe I would have got a bit frustrated or and given up. I don't know, <laughs> but it was such a cool community. I just, yeah, I really like pushed you to be better. I loved it. Since you got started, I, I, do you feel like you have found your own personal style? Um, looking at your photos, I can I can see some touchstones in your work. But for, for you, you know, do you look at your work and think like, yes, this is my style, or, or you know, how do, how do you feel about it? I don't know. I feel I feel like my style is like constantly changing, it just you know, because of different influences and stuff. But I I think I have two sort of distinct styles. Like my first style is my my outdoor shots, you know, in nature. And that was always about finding the perfect spot of moss, you know, in a forest so I, and, and setting up a little indoor scene or being at the beach and finding a crab and making Aquaman fight it, um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like right in the beginning, all my shots were always revolved around nature and either finding a lizard and putting like little stormtroopers around them. And that was one of my early pictures. And that, that like blew up on my Instagram, you know, everyone was saying it looks like a little baby dewback. And how did you get that shot? And it was just <laughs> like lots and lots of patience, like right. sitting it up and <laughs> knowing where that lizard was like hiding in that crack, you know, and sitting there with the long lens. Yeah. And I love him also back in the day, I did a shot of a that little honeybee guy and he was like sitting in a flower and I put honey inside his little pot, mm. which actually like it's, the bees and I just sat there for ages with my, <laughs> my long lens on like first and you know and you get that perfect shot that was always what was so rewarding was trying to get a, a shot of live nature with these things uh, with these little Lego guys that was always my big kick and then my second style is probably more the cinematic style that you were referring to that's that's where I like to build like a big set at home so I recently did that Dago bar kind of scene and had a lot of fun with that it was like you know finding a tray and filling that with water for the swamp and then adding the potting soil around that for the land and then decorating that with some real moss and sticks that I'd collected and plants and rocks you know Um, and then I made a cold box for my smoke machine so that when I pumped the smoke in it would like sink along the bottom Mm. give it that fog effect on indoor um, and then you finally like place all the little minifigures around and create your scene. And then it's uh, then you spend the next couple of hours shooting it and getting the lighting right. And that's my biggest thing now is trying to is, is working on my lighting skills. So I've got like two loom cubes and two portable LED lights. Um, and then I've also made a whole bunch of like really small LED lights with batteries, like long wires that I can hide under the sand and oh, that's cool. place in, like, strategic places. Like, you know, in a, you know, in Yoda's hut or in Luke's cockpit of his X-Wing, just mm-hmm. to give it that, you know, what is it, that extra, you know, bit of ambience. I don't know, make it more real. I'm always striving to make it more real. How can I get it to look more like the movie? Yeah, yeah, that's something I love about um, your cinematic shots in particular is that they do just, they just look so realistic and you use a lot of, like, practical effects. And when you do sit down to do a big, intricate scene with a lot of effects, like, how, how do you go about doing it? Oh, yeah, I mean, I suppose... Yeah, like like that Dagobah set, it's just building the set from the start. Um, other one that springs to mind is, um, you know, when Lego Ideas brought out the Tron set. I mean, I'm a huge Tron fan and, and Daft Punk 
fan and I just I couldn't wait for that set to come out because I always had this idea I wanted to like do a, a Tron kind of shoot so hmm. yeah, I went and I got like uh, black perspex for that so that the, when I put it on there would be like the ground so it would reflect the the light cycles and and then you know just doing a bit of research online finding similar images that I could try and recreate in Lego and then yeah just basically getting the light cycles into place and then it with that was basically like just trying to play with the lights and re reflections getting the balance right between the backlight and all that stuff and that was probably the, the, the one shoot that I used the most Photoshop I've ever used because I, I genuinely just go for practical effects. I way prefer practical effects. It looks more real. Um, it's way more fun throwing the dust and getting, you know, finding that right shot. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, with the, with the Tron one, it was many hours of watching YouTube tutorials and things like that and how to make grids and glowing things and, and I think yeah, like, I was really proud of that Tron series that was one of my best from last year I think obviously Star Wars is a big influence for you you already mentioned He-Man uh, what are what are some of your biggest influences for, for your artwork uh, yeah also Marvel definitely is a big one Ant-Man Avengers uh, Guardians of the Galaxy I've got all the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy sets, and yeah, obviously watching all those all those movies, uh, and and I mean, yeah, the the Marvel films are just going crazy at the moment. So the amount of inspiration out there is just endless. And I um, mean, you know, I'll sit and watch them, you know, with my son now, and just be like, and I want to like almost take a screenshot with my phone when you're watching the film, and then I'll like, I must remember to do that. But then by the end of the film, you've always, I've always forgotten what it is. Uh, I think I need to sit down one day and like go through Marvel films and pause it, and because that's that's where I get most of my inspiration from, especially like the Ant Man and Spider Man, Iron Man stuff. Like I said, I've always got a lot of ideas, but I just never have. I can never seem to find the time because I'm always busy with either film shoots or or other toy shoots that mm -hmm. I'm busy with. How does your family feel about you doing toy photography? Are your kids into it? It was quite funny though. In the in the beginning, my wife would get quite irritated because we'd either go for like a romantic hike on the mountain or, you know, go watch the sunset and I'd always whip out some Lego and be <laughs> lying there on my stomach taking the pictures and she'd, just, she'd get a bit annoyed. Um, but I think her, her attitude quickly changed once I actually started making some decent money from, <laughs> from taking toy pictures. And now my kids, they're a lot older now. My, my daughter's nine and my son's seven. And I think they just think it's the coolest thing because they like, they get all these toys for free. There's, there's so much stuff everywhere. Yeah, I think they just think their dad's got like the coolest job. It's a bit weird to also explain to other people that, well, what do you do? And I say, well, I first start off by saying, you know, I'm, I'm in the film industry and I direct and I edit and all this stuff, but this is what I actually do. Because at, at some point last year, I swapped the two. I was always doing toy photography on the side and directing and editing as my full-time job. And then sort of halfway through last year, I switched the two around. So now I like direct I get to choose what I want to work on in the film stuff but I, and I basically just take toy photos now hmm. for a living that's awesome let's, <laughs> so, let's talk about that so so what exactly are you doing how has that become a, a job for you I think I just got really lucky a couple of years ago um, I got found by a toy manufacturing company in the US 
And the first job I did for them was for a toy line called Terraria. And those were based on like a video game uh, like Minecraft. And mm. I went and shot those out in nature and they were blown away by the shots. And, um, and then since then, you know, my skills in photography grew and then the toy company was, was growing really fast. And then they, we just built this really awesome relationship where they just, as they grew, so did I. And then so for like the past, I'd say four years, you know, I've shot, been shooting for them and they, they've done toy lines like uh, Peppa Pig and Minecraft, Roblox, Rocket League, Feisty Pets. And, and then the biggest one that I've done recently was um, for Fortnite. Mm. Uh, so I was really stoked to be able to work with some of those toys. Um, so I think I just got, I got really lucky at the time. It was, you know, sort of in the beginning of this craze and, and now I just get to do what I love for a living. Yeah, that's amazing. I know it's after you, I pinch myself because it's just, and I'm always busy. They just keep sending me stuff and Mm -hmm. I just, you know, which is, it's amazing. I can't believe it. Yeah, that's awesome. Good good for you. Congratulations. Um, When you're doing a shoot for for a company like that, how does that, how do you find that different than what you're doing for yourself? Is your process different or are they looking for things that are specific? Do they send you prompts? Like what a, what is a typical work shoot for you like? I think, I think it's. It's the same as anything, really. I mean, especially like coming from the film industry and, and, you know, working with marketing companies and agencies, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of account managers and people involved and, you, you know, you get your brief and the brief changes most of the time and, and you just got to kind of be adaptable and roll with it and, and be able to solve problems. And yeah, it's the same as any, I suppose, the same in the design, you know, it's just being graphic design. It's, it's you get the same same challenges in toy photography you know you're doing a photo shoot basically yeah you know people have an idea and and you got to submit them and you have sometimes you have to reshoot and but i mean i'm doing what i love and getting paid to do it so it's um, <laughs> i don't know what to say i'm very happy about that yeah yeah, how can uh, you really, not be? You know, yeah, yeah. that has bled into your toy photography hobby as well. I know that you've done some shoots for us, the Toy Photographers Blog, um, helping us out with like the Lego Ideas launches for the Ship in the Bottle and the and the recent Brick um, uh, book that they did, the the cool fantasy book. How did how did those opportunities come about for you? And what was what was the experience like working on those? Yeah, so those yeah came through um, Toy Photographers. That's uh, Shelley and Shelley Corbett and uh, and Brett Wilson, they got a hold of me through Instagram and said, you know, we've got this opportunity. Do you want to be involved? And I was, I just jumped at it. I mean, I was so stoked to be a part of that. Just, you know, to be recognized by Lego was a real like, proud moment for me to actually be sent a set from Lego from Denmark with a, you know, the ship in the bottle, the, the, um, the instructions were just like printed out. They weren't, it wasn't even in the hmm. book yet. So, I mean, that was a real like, stoke for me and um yeah it's just yeah that was such a cool opportunity to to work on that um the ship was pretty tricky to shoot um you know the glass or the plastic and it was very like reflective but once you know once i found the right angle and the light i was really happy with with the shots that i got out of that the only bummer with that shoot was uh, i got a friend to help me to like reflect and and bounce the lights and stuff like that and he actually was holding the bottle like by the neck and it just because it's obviously just held there by like four studs mm-hmm. and the whole bottle oh no and, 
into like a million pieces. You know, they've got like thousands of those little blue studs for the yeah. water. So I, was, I, tr- I kept my cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, we're going to like rebuild it and find every, every little piece, you know. So that that was a bit of a challenge, but it was it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Was the uh, was the book thing the same way? This, or, or, you know, not hopefully not the same uh, disaster happened, but you know, the same way, like going about the shots and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, when I got the book, I was like, sure, how am I going to photograph this? You know, and then obviously I had a I had a whole lot of ideas, and and also the time ran away with me a little bit with that one. But I was my main idea was to take it into the forest. There was there's a really cool forest near my house, and there's waterfalls and streams, and I just mm. had this idea someone stumbled like someone walking through like a magical forest and stumbling across this book that's like lying there hmm. this magical book and then and then you know you open them and all these characters kind of jump out that was yeah that was my idea and it was also just the only thing about those shoots is when you you know you're in uh you know you're in the forest and there's it's quite a popular trail and there's lots of families and kids and people with their dogs and they'll see you like lying down on the ground taking photos and mm-hmm. then they well, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's I always find it a little bit awkward in the beginning. Go, yeah, I'm taking photos of these toys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know how that goes for sure. <laughs> yeah. so, but Joe, you get over that pretty quickly and just, you end up having actually some interesting conversations with just passers-by. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's always just find it a little bit awkward in the beginning. Yeah, do you ever like turn around and show them your camera and be like, this is what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I always whip out the Instagram and go, look, I've got, like, followers, check. It's like a thing. People do. And they go, I'm okay. not just a weirdo. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, oh. I love that uh, something that's that's a consistent theme in your photography is that you try to st- – you try to tell like a whole story in one photo. Um, so like you're saying with the book, I love that it wasn't just like, yeah, I'm trying to get some good shots of the book. You like had a whole story of, yeah, it was left in the forest and somebody's coming across it. I, I like that you, you kind of bring that filmmaking approach to it so that each, each photo can kind of stand on its own as its own story. That's really cool. Yeah. I always try and put a lot of effort into the shots. I'm always thinking if I'm going to go and do these shots, I, you know, I want to just make it the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think, a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to that i mean i do take sometimes i'll have an idea which which is like a quick shot i don't know like those ideas come to me when i'm just like sort of playing with the lego and looking through my boxes of minifigs and then i'll be like oh if i put this one and this one together that's like a kimono dragon (laughs) and then that's like one (laughs) shot so those you know come to me and i sometimes just it's really nice to just have an instant picture but yeah i try and i try and put a lot of effort into just making, you know, like a really powerful picture. I don't know. When you are doing a, a toy shoot for a company, the photography that you're actually doing for them, is it similar style to what you're doing with your own work? Or are you doing like more product shots, like just against the yeah, white so background? It, or It depends on the toy. So like the, uh, the Minecraft stuff and Roblox, you know, that was doing cool, my usual cool stuff of like, you know, putting them on a wire and then like running and jumping and, the, the cool thing about those brands was they never really gave me much of a brief. They just would send me the box of toys and say, we need individual shots and group shots. And they left it up to me. So I would get the toys, interpret them in my own way. So like there'll be, whether it's like a superhero range, I'd go and watch the YouTube videos. I mean, yeah, cause they wouldn't even send me a brief for those. And then I'd, I'd just, yeah, I'd use my own 
ideas and creativity and just come up with the pictures for that. But like for Peppa Pig, you know, that's got a very stylized, you know, when you watch the, the show, I was like, how am I going to make the toys look like the show? So right. then I, I went to a, a train model shop and they got, you get the fake grass. So I bought a whole lot of that stuff and it just looked perfect with the, the toy. And then I just put like a plain, found the exact same blue color as the sky. I had the, the paper in the mm. background for the sky. And those look great. And then when more and more paper Pig toys came, I was like, oh, well, how can I make, and you're always like trying to make them better. So then I just started making more and more things out of paper. So like rooms and, you know, it's amazing, especially with plastic, how paper, how the two of them talk to each other. It's mm -hmm. weird. It's the ones, I mean, the one's totally 2D and the other one's, you know, 3D and, and you can, so I was like making mountains and trees and clouds. And so I've got a whole like box of when I, when I have my, when Peppa Pig comes in, I bring up my box of like clouds and mountains and <laughs> trees and stuff and I stick them everywhere. And, you know, I've got a whole process now for each one. I've got a big cupboard of just stuff so that when it, when it comes in, I, I have, I'm like ready to shoot. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I would just collect stuff, really. Different backgrounds, different backdrops. Yeah. Do you find that, uh, at least for me, I find that every time I'm like out, I'm at a grocery store, I'm at a hardware store, no matter where it is, I'm like scanning and looking for things that might be good for toys. Do you do, you do that as well? Yeah. 100%. So <laughs> always, always find, even like finding like bonsai trees or rocks and stuff. I'm always like, especially on the beach, I'm always bringing home rocks and things. Drives my <laughs> wife mad. <laughs> Yeah, my wife always makes fun of me when I come home and I've got like a, a bag of rocks. And she's like, what is this? I'm like, well, I was on a walk and I came by this ditch and there were rocks and they're perfect for X, Y, or Z. <laughs> uh, these will be perfect on hot. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny how you look at the world totally differently when you're a toy photographer, you know. Yeah, I can't go for a hot without like just constantly scanning it. Oh, that's a good spot. That's a good spot. And mm -hmm. Having to like train myself to go on a hike with the family and, you know, the kids and the dog and not take Lego has also been a big like learning curve for me to actually go, okay, now this is not a toy shoot. This is going to spend family time. But even when you go do that, you're like, damn, there's a good indoor spot over there. Or, mm -hmm. oh, there's a good, good spot there <laughs> with some dinosaurs. <laughs> I get that totally. I don't. I don't know much about uh, South Africa and and where you are, like geographically. How is the like? What do you have around you to shoot? You already mentioned forests. I'm so spoiled here for choice. It's crazy. I mean, my back garden is literally like a mountain. Yeah, I live in Cape Town, so we've got literally mountains and different mountains. If you, so, if you go to the top of mountains, you get like lots of like like beautiful little mini landscapes, and then obviously you've got like rivers and valleys, and then you got you know moss and rivers. And then 10 minutes that way is the beach. So you got Tatooine, feels like sand dunes and desert, you know, we've got oceans. Um, I mean, I just, yeah, I feel like I've got so many, and yeah, and then you've got forests, you know, proper like big pine forests and things like that. So really spoiled for choice here in South Africa, especially in Cape Town. Like literally any direction, I've got like so many different uh, landscapes. Hmm. That's amazing. I think it's funny that you classify yeah. them in Star Wars terms. So it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I've got Tatooine over here and Hoth over here. And you've mentioned Endor a few times. Like, that's how I think of yeah. it, too. It's just which planet do I get to play with? <laughs> you know? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Never turn it off.
last year you were featured in uh, beautiful new south africa that was really cool uh, i came across that article when i was doing research for this podcast how did, how did that opportunity come about that also just came out of the blue it was it was a really incredible opportunity i mean to be featured on that you know on that platform and you know south africa doesn't really have happy news it's you know south africa is quite well known for its like crime and corruption and all this mm. stuff and i actually i've actually stopped watching the news because it's just so depressing um, and then beautiful news obviously knows that half or most of the country is feeling the same way so they started this platform where each day at like uh, 4 14 p.m they feature a positive story an uplifting story a happy story story of like uh, yeah that's just the opposite of what's in the news every day so mm -hmm. that was just a really cool opportunity yeah and that I, that just also got i got an email one day that also see my instagram page i see my facebook and um it just just came from there really i don't know if someone that worked there maybe saw my stuff or yeah but it was just really really cool opportunity to be on there yeah yeah that's really cool and i like that they're doing that speaking of south africa you're the first guest i've had from south africa um is there an, an a community of other toy photographers there as well, um, or are you kind of alone out there? Yeah, pretty much for the first couple of years, I've just it's just been me on my own. I haven't really met any other um, toy photographers out there. But then I'd say maybe like two years ago, I'd, I was exhibiting at one of these like comic conventions. I was like selling prints and badges and all this stuff. And there was a guy that I actually did it two years in a row. This guy would come up to me and chat to me. He was always interested in it. And um, he ended up being uh, minifigure macros. He's, hmm. he's taking loads of, or every day basically, he just does like really beautiful portraits of, of little Lego guys. Yeah, I've seen and, his work. Um, It's really cool. Yeah. So, and then he messaged me, you know, when just before he started, he was saying, oh, you know, I'm thinking about starting an Instagram page. And I was like, just go for it. Just do it, man. Like the, the community is so awesome. You'll be welcomed with open arms. So, yeah, I was really stoked that there's, One more South African out there, <laughs> but I'm waiting for him to like, you know, branch out from the portrait. So if he wants to come out and we do a little mini toy safari, right. it'd be cool to have a, have a wingman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done to do one of those toy photography safaris. I know that, you know, Shelly and Brett organize them all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, I always get so jealous. It'd be great just to meet everyone face right. to face. I mean, I've been talking to everyone for like, I don't know, five years or however long we've been doing this for. So yeah, <laughs> meet to meet. You, you mentioned showing your work. I know that you've exhibited your work before and sold it. Has that been challenging for you? And, and what has that experience been like? That was, the only reason it was really challenging was because I just started filming the documentary about the Optimist, the sailing boat and that. And I was probably about an hour and a half drive away from where the actual exhibition was taking place. And I was like out filming, literally like on the sea, had to rush back to the exhibition, which I'd been, you know, also trying to like set up and stuff over that time, get get changed and make sure that all the pictures were up and everything. So that was <laughs> probably the most stressful and and challenging part of the whole process. I mean, if I, if I didn't have that on my plate and all that other stuff, you know, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed selecting the images. You know, my, my exhibition was called um, Plastic Portraits from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Hmm. Um, and it was just these really big shots that I'd done of, of like Darth Vader, coloring and stormtroopers, just big A1 portraits that I'd printed onto uh, brushed aluminium. So hmm. whatever was white, 
white in the image uh, didn't print, so it was metal behind the white, so they're like very reflective and looked 3D almost. Wow. And so I had a whole wall of those, and then another wall of a whole bunch of my other like just quite well-known other fun images. And the exhibition took place in Cape Town um, in one of like the busiest streets, and it was on a night where every on the first Thursday of every month they have like a big street party in in Cape Town in one of the main streets. So there was like hundreds of people there and it was so, it was so fun actually, it was such a great night. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend doing an exhibition. Um, actually, I really want to do another one. It's been, I think it's been yeah, over two years since I did that. And Yeah, that was going to be my next question was, would you do that again? Definitely, yeah. It just, it's just, it's a time thing. So if you have the time, go for it. And if you have an idea, you know, of what, what you want to exhibit, then yeah. Um, it all just, I don't know, I've also just got, I don't know, maybe I've just got um, a good good connections in Cape Town with friends because, like, my brother-in-law, he, he's got his own, like, advertising agency. So we got, like, free drinks sponsored the night through that. I went and spoke to other mates that work at, like, a craft brewery and said, I'll, you know, I'll do a trade exchange with you guys. I'll do a picture, you know, of, of your beer with some Lego guys. If you can donate some beer to the event, so <laughs> I was like wheeling and dealing and and uh, out there trying to get it going. And it all came together in the end. It was it was, it was such a cool event. And I actually, pretty much sold out as well. Wow. I, made, I made some quite good money from that event. That's awesome. Do you have any advice for people that are just starting out in toy photography? I think my advice would be is to just start. You just got to start and go for it. And even if your pictures are bad, all our pictures are always bad when we first started. It's more about the joy that, that the toys bring, you know, give to you and the, the rewarding value that it gives, gives to you. I mean, for me, it was always my creative outlet. I had to do it. Otherwise, I'd go mad. I still go mad when I don't do it. So, you know, that it's just my thing that I love to do. And if it brings you happiness or uh, like an escape from the craziness of the world, just go and do it. Just start because we'll say hello to you on Instagram and give you advice and tips and welcome you with open arms. And then where can people find your work online? All my stuff's on Instagram, basically. And that's it's Shandy's official, Shandy's underscore official. Oh, if you want to know where the name Shandis comes from, that's also a South African or specifically Durban slang from where I grew up. Shandis means like um, awesome or rad. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, man, you had a good surf today. Yeah, the waves were Shandis. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I was I was going to uh, ask what the what the name was. So I was originally Lego Pudder when I first started on Instagram, and that rough well that translates to Lego Frog. <laughs> I didn't think, yeah. So once I started getting like a bit of a following, I was like, I need to change its name. I can't be Lego Frog. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I needed a brand. So that's when, yeah, Shandies came along. I wanted to just be Shandies, but Shandies was already taken by somebody else, hmm. probably a surfer in Durban. Uh, and so, yeah, that's why it's Shandies underscore official. I'm so glad that we finally got the chance to talk because this was a this was a really fun conversation, and I'm I'm just a big fan of your work. So thank you for taking the time and and chatting. Thanks, Jane. That's, yeah, it's been so cool, man. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week.